Hi, my name is Shays Ahmed. <laughs> Welcome to the Great Design Lead podcast. Um, I am a Webflow agency owner from London, and um, currently I'm working on some cool projects. So I can't wait. I mean, first I want to thank Emily for bringing, you know, <laughs> inviting me onto the podcast, and uh, I'm excited. I was really, really uh, excited to talk to you because um, one, you interview people like me, um, <laughs> and so. Yeah. It's a little bit of like a, the Spider-Man meme where people are like pointing at each other. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's kind of cool because you and I have, have talked to some of the same people too. Uh, yeah. Like Rymar and Joe mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Arno and everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I watch your um, episodes on YouTube and I think that they're really, really cool because um, like specifically the one with, with Brett. I thought that one was mm, really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that went viral. I, I wouldn't say viral, but relative to the industry, it did kind of go viral. I mean, I think it's sitting on around 3.6k views right now, which is which is pretty good. I think. I mean, uh, a lot of people reacted, you know, to that with uh, with uh, kind of a positive attitude, but also it, it did get a lot of hate. Um, what? Maybe, really? Yeah, yeah it, did, it did get quite a lot of hate on Twitter and, uh, on, and on Facebook. Not really the podcast, but the whole situation with Brett and whatnot. And um, I think even, I'm not sure if you know Peyton, you know, from Pay Digital. He's another Webflow YouTuber. And um, he kind of made a video as well. I think it was kind of inspired by, the, by, by, the, uh, by our episode. And he made a video about, you know, the whole Brett situation and how, you know, the whole subscription model and uh, productized services and whatnot, you know, I, I think we caught on the wave quite, you know, well there. And uh, yeah. Was that, uh, I remember you in the beginning of the episode, you said like, I was so surprised that you even responded and like said that you're going to do an episode with us. Was yeah, it yeah. kind of like a weird experience to see somebody online and then be able to talk to them? in person i mean yeah i mean especially <laughs> brett because i mean he was like the the kind of the focal point of talk in in you know the whole webflow tour in the um, space and um i mean we made a a episode before we interviewed brett actually about productized services and me and vim we were just uh, vim is our um, co-host and a good friend of mine in um, webflow we were just kind of talking about productized services and our thoughts on it and the reason why we were talking about that is because of Brett and, you know, how he, on his Twitter, he posts, you know, regular um, figures of his MMR and how much he's making and how easy it is. And he's a one-man team and everyone was a bit, you know, um, surprised because of it. I mean, it does sound, you know, you can say that it does, it does sound too good to be true because, you know, he's a one-man team making, you know, seven figures a year. Um, unlimited revisions and it does sound too good to be true and that really intrigued us to make an episode about protest services and I think during that we did mention that it was inspired by Brett and I tweeted about you know just promoting the podcast and then he replied and then you know the rest was history you know we spoke to Brett in an interview we asked him you know all the questions that the people wanted to ask him and um, I I think that's why it kind of got the the reach and engagement that it got. And I remember he said something like um like you guys seemed really open-minded and so he was comfortable coming mm. on the show and that mm. he felt like like you were going to talk to him fairly and like a normal person mm, yeah <laughs> i mean i think i think he was getting like quite a lot of backlash from p 
people that were, I would, you know, like to say half ignorant about the whole industry. I mean, I always like to give people the benefit of the doubt. And um, I was really, I mean, I believed him, you know, and how much he was making. And of course, I knew there were some caveats and uh, there was a catch to everything. And we kind of found that out, found, you know, those um, caveats out in the, in, the, uh, in the episode with him. We found out that he works insanely hard and insanely long hours every single day. So that was kind of the catch. And um, yeah, I mean, I think people need to be a lot more open-minded. I mean, I would like to say I am open-minded, um, but I think people that gave Brett backlash, they weren't really open-minded because they didn't really see the whole picture. They couldn't connect the dots. They were just seeing at, at face value. And, you know, me and Vim tried to look past that. And uh, that's why we asked some, you know, really deep questions. And we really tried to understand, put ourselves in Brett's shoes, essentially. There's a, a, a part of me that... Um listening to that episode and and kind of like watching the way that he talks and, and watching his mannerisms and things like that um my my reaction was like wow this guy seems so much more normal than i thought <laughs> yeah yeah i think yeah i mean i think that was everyone's reaction uh you know everyone because you know what one thing as well during that whole situation was how he was posting a lot about his money the amount of money he was making and you know he was posting a lot about money 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 so I think everyone just assumed that he was like some big-headed uh developer who thought he was a genius and thought he could handle it all and was just stuck in his room working I mean but it turned out he was not I mean he was stuck in his room working all day but he was a very very nice guy like super genuine super open-minded and understanding and uh I think that did surprise quite a lot of people because it's like if a person's posting so much, like showing everyone, you know, <laughs> screenshots of how much he's making and boasting about it and whatnot, people just assume that all they think about is money. But I think his motivation behind why he was posting, you know, all his figures and whatnot was to kind of motivate people. And, and I mean, if I was in his position, I would kind of do the same as well. I mean, imagine you as a designer, developer, freelancer, whatever you want to call it, finds a, a service where you can be a one-man team, right? And you can, you know, um, not deal with, <clears throat> excuse me, not deal with clients in the way that you normally would um, and make a lot of money from it. And I think, you know, he was just passionate about finding this service and passionate about the process that he built up and the service service model that he essentially kind of created and adapted to Webflow. Um, and because of that passion, he wanted to show people. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that personally, whether that's, you know, showing how much money he's making, showing all the ins and outs, you know, I mean, I, I would kind of do the same as well. I think that somebody that sees a number like that, um, you kind of look at it and you're like, how is that even possible? Like, mm. <laughs> do doctors make that much? Like <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the UK, doctors definitely do not make that much. Like, I'm not sure if you know, but in the UK, doctors earn so bad. Uh, really? It's not like America is like, in, yeah, in, in the UK, doctors... Yeah, I think the average is at sixty thousand pounds a year, and yeah, is is I mean in America is different, but yeah, I mean yeah, I digress. Um, yeah, I mean looking at what he's making is is insane. Um, but I mean yeah, we did ask all the right questions and we kind of found out how he was making it. So, well, uh, before I found Webflow and before I uh, I did this as a job, um the people that really inspired me were actually um people in the finance space 
right. I, I don't know if you know uh, Graham Stephan on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big fan of Graham Stephan mm-hmm. and uh, Alexandra Feluso. I don't know if you know who that is. No. He's, he, yeah. Um, uh, the whole, um, well, uh, Alexandra Feluso is especially interesting because, uh, she's in the copywriting space and, Mm -hmm. um, uh, she had this job, um, where she could have had security. She could have had, um, kind of like working for somebody else, that whole lifestyle. Um, but Mm -hmm. she was incredibly unhappy. And then she, uh, started on Fiverr. She started, uh, also doing web design. She started doing all of this kind of stuff. And now she has this whole different life. Um, and mm-hmm. so when I see numbers like, like Brett's or when I see, um, I don't even ran Seagal, like his, his income, mm-hmm. uh, videos that he posted over the years. Um, it's really interesting to see like what is possible versus what you thought was possible growing up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when, when, when I first started, it was like kind of the same. I don't come from like a privileged background. Um, and you know, I mean, my my whole. I mean, I totally agree with agree with what you said. Like, um, the money I'm making now, I never knew I thought I would make like last year. If you told me I was going to be in this position, I wouldn't believe you. I'd probably slap slap your face. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's like, uh, I mean, I kind of my whole motivation behind it as well. Just to add to your point, is like I want to show people like myself. So I'm young. I don't come from a privileged background. I come from a rough area. So I want to show people similar to me that it's possible. And I'm kind of doing that right now. Like I've got a friend who I'm kind of, you know, um, basically like a duplicate of me. Like he comes from the similar area, East London, talks the same way, same age, you know, same, you know, non-privileged background. And um, I'm kind of showing him like all, all these ways and what I'm doing and how you can, all you need to do is just find the skill that you like and that you're good at, get good at it, become an expert and you can make a lot of money from it. And I kind of showed him that, and now he's like really into it. He's making good money. He's passionate about it, and yeah, that's kind of my whole motivation. Like showing people that from from what I like, people similar to me, that you know were kind of lost in life, didn't really know what to do, wanted to make money, but thought that the only way was to get part time jobs here, go to uni and whatnot. And I kind of want to show them that you know this whole different route that I found. I would kind of want to show that to them as own, well, kind of like tell them yo look look, there's another route here and uh I think yeah I think that's a big more um driving factor in my life and career as well so um yeah I mean it's crazy to think that you know me just literally on this laptop right here can literally make money out of thin air just just by me doing something that I like and I think it's just I mean you do hear stories when you're young but it's crazy when you're actually in a story yourself and experiencing it so I think when I was younger I think the only thing I could consider was like to get to that level I was like it has to be either like real estate or it has to mm. be like financial investment like the idea of anything outside of that bubble was very hard to comprehend um mm-hmm. so uh when you were talking about growing up um uh did you always live in Ilford or Ilford, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, I've <laughs> even though I've uh, recently moved, I'm, I'm I'm still in Ilford. So I mean, the, for the people that know, Ilford is a uh, is 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 not the best area of London per se. I mean, I I mean it is home, 
but yeah, I've, I've always, I mean, I've spent the last 12 years in, in Ilford. Before that, I was in Manchester, which is another city in the UK, just up north. And um, yeah, I think I spent around three, four years there. So, I mean, for 12 years, which is basically my whole life, I'm 20 right now. So it's like the majority of my life I've been been in Ilford, London and whatnot. I don't even, I don't even remember living in Manchester. So far, as far as I can remember, I, I have been in Ilford, yeah, grew up here. I, uh, before the episode, I went on YouTube and mm-hmm. I did a, uh, one of those like walking tour videos of Ilford, oh. <laughs> where the person oh, just has a camera and they just walk around. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember I literally stumbled. I mean, it's funny you say that because I saw one of those kind of videos <laughs> in my recommended on YouTube a few days ago, I think. Um, and there was a POV of Ilford and I was like, well, this is crazy. Well, I didn't watch it because I lived there, you know, so <laughs> it was quite cool. I mean, it did get a lot of views. I was like, what? But yeah. how, how did you find Ilford? It it looked cold. Yeah. <laughs> cold all the time. I mean, that's not Ilford. That's, that's just London, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, uh, when when you talked about I, I came from like kind of like a rough area, um, mm-hmm. What what does that mean to you when you say that? <laughs> that, that that's a that's a tough question because it's rough in many many senses. I mean, I'm not gonna say like you know uh, rough as in from you know from the hood or, or or from the block. I wouldn't say that, but it's more of like I mean, I had a really really great um, upbringing um, in terms of my family and whatnot. No problems there at all. I loved it. Um, but the area was like I would say the mindset of people there was kind of rough in a sense because there was a lot of violence there and I wouldn't say a lot I, I, I wasn't experiencing I didn't experience any violence when I was there but there was like you know it, w- it wasn't really safe like you wouldn't stay there and that you know what I mean so it's like uh, yeah there was violence there there was like a lot of drugs there my school that I went to, it wasn't like, uh, you know, the majority of people there were somewhat involved in, you know, illegal stuff and whatnot. And um, just grew, just growing up there, I wouldn't, by rough, I don't mean like the physical stuff, like violence and all this stuff. I meant more like the mindset was kind of like rough, like every, every people there, they weren't, they had a very close off mindset and um, they weren't really, <laughs> they didn't really have an open mind, uh, mindset. It was like, um all they thought was okay the streets um you know i want to get um street credit whatever way you you know um uh, however you look at that Um, i mean by street credit i mean like i want to impress other people i want to impress you know the people that are popular in the neighborhood i want to um you know just get just enough money so i can impress everyone in the neighborhood just you know get a car on finance or on a lease um, impress these girls here, you know, um, and just be like more of like, there were, there were a lot of hood rats there, if that makes sense. I'm not sure if you know what a hood rat is, but there were a lot of hood rats there. And um, that, I just was not attracted to, to that at all. And that's what I mean, like being grow, um Yeah, that's what I mean when I say like I, I grew up in a rough environment. The people there weren't really like intelligent or, uh, you know, yeah, they were, they were, they were kind of like, people pleasers hood rats and you know when um when you say that it it sounds like you were growing up in a situation where um you kind of felt different than Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the the people that lived near you or the your friends in school or things like that 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was different in the sense where it was like, I, I questioned everything. Like, why, why are you doing this? Like, a, a lot of people, when, for example, I remember, like, just, you know, a specific example. Like, people used to, you know, like, I, have, I used to have a friend. He used to kind of, I, I don't know how you kind of, I don't know how to put into words, but it's like you used to try to impress other people who had more kind of, you can say, popular points, mm. just so you can, you know, even though he don't like them, just so you can hang out with them and so he can kind of feed off their popularness. I don't know, it was, it was quite weird. And uh, yeah, I did feel a bit different. It's like, why, will, why am I the only person who's thinking about starting something, you know, like being sophisticated and going to, you know, these high-end restaurants? And, um, you know, it was like, yeah, I mean, it was different in that sense, you know. But then when I, you know, went to uni, so I'm a uni student, so I studied dentistry, which is a whole other topic on its own. But um, when I went to my uni, I saw, I thought I was the only person like this. Like, I thought I was the only person, like, who um, was not, like, a hood rat, but was also, like, because in, in our area, in London as well, this is, like, this is just London, to me. it's not even Ilford, it's just most of London. It's like you can either be people always assume you you have to be either or you either have to be a nerd so like you know a little geek just you know stuck in his computer and like have has no friends whatever or you have to be like a hood rat and you know you know be, be the I don't I think American term like the macho man if that makes sense I don't know yeah so yeah like yeah. people think it's either or you know so but then I I was a neither I was I was a nerd. But because I like stuff, but then at the same time, I was I kind of had the persona. I was kind of in the middle where it was like I wasn't like a hood rat mm-hmm. because hood rats they like the popular people, and then the nerds were unpopular. I wasn't like unpopular. I was yeah. I had like a very attractive personality. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hold on, wait, just give me a second. Give me a second. Okay, no worries, no worries. Yeah, we were talking about um like the uh the kind of binary between having passions versus being popular <laughs> yeah so it was like yeah yeah so I would say I was more of you know in in the middle type of person like I wasn't um you know I was a nerd like I did enjoy learning and doing certain stuff but then at the same time when you look at me you wouldn't think I was that person mm. you know by the way I was dressed by the way I walked I was kind of I kind of talked more like the the other you know you can say hood rats and whatnot, but I wasn't, if that makes sense. So then I thought I was the only person like that. I thought that, you know, you can be a, you know, a normal person with like a good personality, sense of humor re- relative to, you know, the area I grew up in. Um, but you could also have like interest in like genuine life's things, if that makes sense, like learning how to do this and, you know, intelligence and whatnot. I thought I was the only person. But then when I went to uni, I found so many other people like myself and that those kind of and, you know, I've maintained friendship with a lot of those friends. And that kind of made me realize that I'm, you know, I'm not different to anyone. There's other people like me as well. So then I became friends with them. And yeah, I'm yeah. And, and, and I think those friendships were, were a lot better than the previous friends I had when I was in high school, per se. So. Yeah. you translated it to american for me <laughs> yeah i mean i tried i don't because i don't know if uh, i mean there was other terms i wouldn't need to use but i knew that you know it's like, specific to uk 
so yeah um what kind of a friend doesn't want you around if you have mm. passions yeah it's very weird so it's like um to just to you know explain what what i mean is like uh because it's like with 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 people especially when i was in high school so in, in the uk we call it sixth form which is i think college in in the us i'm not really too sure but when i was around 17 18 which is sixth form high school um if and and actually before that as well so like um middle school and whatnot like if you were if you had any interest in you know something else like for example when i was i started this when i was in sixth form my my second wow. year and I, ne- I never told anyone this so i never told why? anyone that i started this stuff sorry why exactly so i, I was gonna get to that like so <laughs> the reason why is because i thought that if i tell people people will kind of be like oh you're wet well I, oh, this is another uk slang term so <laughs> you can tell person, me what it means yeah so yeah yeah so if, if a person calls you <laughs> it's so weird saying it out loud, but if a person calls you wet it's like oh like you're 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 a weirdo you're cringe like move you know what i mean so th- that's what mm. kind of people had that persona and mindset and for me to kind of get away from that and you know be friends with people that are similar to myself i found that really relieving and whatnot so yeah that's why i didn't really tell anyone that i was doing this stuff because people used, uh, you know i was afraid technically that people call me wet all of this stuff would call me a weirdo and um yeah and th- th- that's what i mean like people have that mindset around that area you know i think it's all over london it's like if you do something different you know they'll just you know be like what are you doing you're a weirdo let's let's, let's just go hang out and play ps4 all day jump on parties and you know do this stuff so I wasn't really attracted to any of that and that's kind of what I meant when I would say that I'm, I felt a bit different but then when I went to uni I found people similar to myself it was all good so did you kind of just like move on from those friends um and go um, to school or were, were I wouldn't say everyone there was sorry I wouldn't say every, every everyone there was bad you know yeah. it were I had um I kept in touch with I think about three or four friends yeah. Um, but during that time, I had a lot of friends, you know, um, I didn't really, you, you know, you know, them ones where you don't really see that there's a problem unless you take a step back. It was one of them situations. So when I was in it, it was all good. But then when I took a step back and when lockdown came and I, and I was stuck in my house mm. for a year and a half, that is when everyone saw, everything started to click because I was myself. I didn't get influenced by anything else. So when I was alone and stuck, you know, all I had, you know, all I had to think was my own thoughts. So I had no external influence to anyone else. I didn't really use social media or, you know, jump on peaceful parties. So hence why, you know, all, I didn't have any external influence. And that is what led me to this whole website stuff and, you know, marketing and all of this stuff. So I, that is what is, is genuine and is my genuine passion. Um, I feel like if I was still in school during that time and it wasn't locked down, I don't think I would have done it because I had all these external influences you know friends and the area and the society in that time telling you oh don't do anything out of the ordinary so i think um so sorry what was the question Emily? My bad. So is it, like um uh sometimes um uh you anticipate the worst case scenario um uh-huh. and so uh you're like oh if i talk to this person about this like mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. they're gonna hate it or, or whatever D- did you actually end up 
after you because you're public about what you do now like mm -hmm. did, have you ever talked to any of those friends that you were hesitant oh, right, right. to talk to and and yeah. how did that go yeah i mean to be honest i think i think everyone now i think i think it's started to you know what it is i think it's more of age more than kind of the society i think mm. um i think this is one thing i realized recently i thought it was just society and the community that kind of don't want you to do anything anything other than ordinary but I think it's more of like a high school mindset kind of type of thing because when I speak to my old friends now you know some of them are starting you know their own stuff but most of them are you know down this in the box kind of route they know you know what I mean so they they're having jobs part-time jobs you know working in Amazon and whatnot mm -hmm. but when I did speak to a few of my close friends when I um in high school they were very open on this and they're actually in, super interested but I do feel like that if that conversation happened when we were in high school it would be a lot different I think it's more of age and maturity when people realize oh um yeah life is not all about having fun you know you have to kind of you know do certain stuff and I think so you can all I think we can go back to the point of like um it, it, it was more of a situation where I was kind of thinking more like uh like a 20 year old rather than like a 17 year old or like a 25 year old if that makes sense I mean I don't know but I think I think I realized things a lot earlier than other people did so I think I think that that's that's what um yeah does that make sense I'm not I, I don't know yeah, if yeah. making sense but yeah it, it sounds a lot like um it's 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 very surprising and often um uh can really uh, I don't know, uh, confuse people a lot when they grow up and the things that used to matter to them a lot and mm -hmm. how people thought and, and like mm -hmm. the opinions that they held about themselves are so mm -hmm. drastically different in such a short period of time. That's kind mm -hmm. of what I'm getting from you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, so, I mean, just to put your analogy into context is like when, when I was in high school, um, you know, again, like a lot of people never used to do anything out of the ordinary. Everyone just wanted to do the normal thing, like have fun, you're a teenager, have fun, da, da, da. But then I wasn't like that. Like I was a little bit, but then my real self, which I found out when I was in lockdown, I was not that person at all. I wanted to, you know, do something. I can't sit around and, you know, be a, be a degenerate technically. So um, <laughs> afterwards it was like, so then, but then when people grew, grew up and got out of high school and, had to go uni and find jobs I think that is when people start like my friends and you know my whole generation kind of started to realize oh like it's not all about having fun you know when life hits you you have to have something to fall back on and I think everything everything started to click there in in their mind so then when I went back to approach them and you know speak to them about you know what I'm doing and whatnot I think they were they were quite understanding and interested into it because that is when they realized that you know um uh life is an all fun and games and uh whatnot and i think that is when they started to become more accepting with certain stuff but again like i think if i if i told people when i was in a high school it would be a completely different story is it because people um some people don't really think that because like what you're saying a lot is like very much like living in the present mm -hmm. um not thinking about long term and sometimes when I see people feel that way, um, it seems a lot like um, like they don't think that there's options for them or they, they don't um, mm. 
really consider going to school or, or, or something like that. Was that ever anything that people talked to you about? Um, you mean talk to me now or used to talk to me about? Yeah, like like it's like when you were in high school, when you were 17, mm-hmm. um, did people just want to live in the present because they didn't yeah. really oh, yeah, yeah. want to think about it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, everyone just wanted to, you know, yeah, you, you, I think you hit the nail on the head. No one thought about the future and, you know, what the consequences of the actions are. Everyone just wanted to have fun right now. And yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, I wasn't really like that. I mean, I was kind of like that because, you know, your your environment kind of dictates how you act. And I was, I'm not going to deny that I was not like that at all. I was in some sense. But then again, when I went into lockdown, I found my real self. I realized I wasn't like that. So, yeah. And if I'm getting the math right, uh, Mm -hmm. you were 18 when you went into lockdown, right? It was actually my 18th birthday when my school announced that they're going to close down the school because of lockdown. So, yeah, I was literally just 18. Yeah. Can you take tell me about 18 year old you? (laughs) 18 year old me, what can I say? Um, I mean, to be honest, even I get my timelines mixed up. I don't I don't know. if. Wait, let me me try to think. Okay, yeah, I did. I did start. Sorry, my bad. I did start this when I was eighteen. Um, actually, I started it before. Well, technically, you can say because how was I pristine digital? Pristine digital. I started when I was eighteen, but my whole website stuff I started when I was seventeen. Yeah. So the yeah. year before that, in February, I was learning HTML, CSS, and then when I hit eighteen, so eighteen rolled me just to to answer your question. I was in lockdown in the first couple of months. I was a complete degenerate and a half. Like, <laughs> I was just watching Netflix, watching YouTube, sorry, uh, playing PS4, playing games all day. And then eventually I got to a point in my, like, I think in the summer, I was like to myself, what am I doing in my life? Like, literally, I thought that to myself, like, what am I doing? But then don't get me wrong, here and there, I was kind of doing a bit of coding and whatnot. But then um, I think halfway through lockdown, I was like, you know what, enough is enough. Let, let me just like start something and, you know, uh whatnot and then that is how Christian Digital create uh started started a company you know built my first website which is so I look back at it and you know vomit fills up in my mouth that's how it <laughs> but I think I think in that summer that is when I so I got a, not a job but I work as a contractor in a jewelry company in London Mm. um and that jewelry company was in a place called Hatton Garden which is like a small town in central London and Hatton Garden for those that know it is like the central like in the whole of the UK actually in in all of London if you ask a person oh I need to buy a ring I need to buy some jewelry they'll tell you go Hatton Garden because Hatton Garden is like there's it's full of jewelers and I I I worked in that how I got that um project was he wanted a website for his sister company um, where he bought jewellery. So he actually bought jewellery and he, you know, repaired it and whatnot and sold it. I don't really know what he'd done with it. So he needed a website for that. And how I found him was I sent a group, I sent a message to my dad, actually. And I told him, just, just forward that message in as many groups as you can. And the message was basically, hey, my name is Chase. Um I want to, you know, um, I'm looking to work with people. I'll give you a free website. 
you know, that was basically the offer and my dad just forwarded to like, I think, I mean, he forwarded to many groups. I think it was a total of like 10,000 people. So it was pretty good reach. And one person reached out to me and was like, yo, yeah, let's get started. Um, and then, yeah, I went to his um, shop in central London. He told me print out my CV, but I don't know why he done that because looking back, he didn't even use it. So <laughs> he print out, print out your CV. I gave it to him or whatnot. Um, told him, yeah, let's get started. Um, bear in mind at that time, I haven't built a website in my life. I just know Webflow mm-hmm. and how to build a website. I think I always, I did have my website built at that time, but apart from that, I, I never had a real client. So, I mean, he trusted me, you know, and um, he said, he gave me this offer, like, okay, you give me the, uh, you work in my office, do the website for me for free, and I'll pay for your food, and I'll pay for your travel. And I was like, you know what, it's a no-brainer, like, I mean, I'm young, I'm, I literally just turned 18, like, what not, <laughs> like, well, why not, you know what I mean? So, I took the offer, and I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it, and to be honest, that really, I learned a lot from that. I think two or three month project um so i used to go in his office every day apart from weekends um and just work like literally work right next to him and had you know my imagine this you're working on a website your client is sitting right next to you so it was like that was kind of the whole situation and i learned so much about websites and not only websites but dealing with people because when i was in his office his customers used to walk in and sometimes he'll tell me, okay, just 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 um, speak to this customer, sell them a ring and whatnot. And I, lo- I learned a lot about jewelry. I learned a lot about sales. Wow. I learned a lot about communicating. I learned a lot about the work life, you know, waking up uh, at 8 a.m., going on the train, reaching down 9 a.m., getting off work, whatnot. So I learned so much about life during that time that it was, it was so worth, you know, doing the website for free. The ROI on that was insane. So, um, yeah, I mean, we can go down a rabbit hole, but I think I'll stop there. <laughs> I remember, uh, so like, I remember when I was putting notes together on you, uh, I, mm-hmm. I wrote, um, ask him about jewelry. <laughs> 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 and right. and uh, you uh, measured the, um, the increase in traffic, correct? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that must so- have felt good yeah so that that um where i measured the increase in traffic i actually got from his google search console and um so that so that website you know that has those statistics was the first client website i built so what i done is how i kind of got that just like a little bit of backstory so i built his website i launched it um i wrote a couple of um seo posts and what blog posts and you know done his seo learned a lot about seo um and then after like a couple blog posts i kind of outsourced a seo agency to kind of you know do the whole shebang for me mm-hmm. and um they just carried on posting blogs and after like a couple months i was like you know what let, let me just check back into the other side is doing that. and it went insane so wow. yeah that, that's that's how i kind of got those uh statistics yeah and um yeah <laughs> how does that feel looking back on it I mean, to be honest, the site design wasn't the best. Uh, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm proud of that, but the results, yeah, I mean, he's, he's making, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's, um, he's, he's, he's uh, making a lot of money from, from that website now. So it's like um, the fruits of my labor is, is paying off. <laughs> so, I mean, it's great to see like the results and how, you know, successful the website was now. 
um, and how much useful he finds it. I mean, he's he started he started to hire employees now just for that company, and it's it's so cool to see that something that I built, you know, literally just from nothing, you know, is is literally the driving vehicle of this whole kind of venture that he's you know um, going out his way to build, and um, I think that kind of sparked this whole like thing of like uh, me wanting to chase that more with other clients as well. So I was like, yeah, I want to produce produce these results and get that feeling again of, um, you know, providing results and value to other people in their businesses. I I want to backtrack a little bit um, to the dentist school part of your (laughs) life. And before we go into that, I'm, I'm really curious, like when you were a little kid before you knew like, how expensive things were in life or mm. that you had to pay to live in a house or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what did you, what did you want to be when you were that age? Oof. Um, I mean, how old are we talking? Like when I was. Maybe like your first idea of uh, this is a job and this is something that I would want to do. Um, to be honest, I never had that. Like all I knew was that I really enjoyed science, especially biology. And I kind of wanted to do something to do with that. And I knew that it was either going to be a doctor or a dentist. Um, yeah, so I always knew that I was going to get into either medicine or dentistry. And at the end, I chose dentistry. Um, so, I mean, even dentistry was kind of like a last minute thing. I mean, I was going to do medicine because it's like, you know, is is the this? I'm 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 not gonna lie. The stereotype of like, you know, people from you know I'm Asian, so like from Asian background, every parent, you know, every Asian parent tells their son or daughter be a doctor, and that is one hundred percent true. <laughs> so my parents are telling me to you know be a doctor, you know, do medicine, whatever. And um, to be honest, it w- I wouldn't say that my my, my parents influenced me because I always knew that I was going to be a, a doctor or a dentist before they even kind of spoke to me because I really, really, my favorite subject was biology. I really enjoyed that. I knew I wanted to do something related to that. So it wasn't a situation where my, my parents kind of pressured me into it. They kind of guided me at the end. They're like, okay, look, you like biology, be a dentist, you know? Yeah, sorry, be, be a doctor. Mm-hmm. But then at the end, I had some work experience after I finished high school. I had work experience and that work experience, what it consisted of is I had to follow a doctor around. And Interesting. To, yeah, it was, it, was, it was super insightful. And I had to like follow him around, go into different clinics, see different patients and kind of understand how a doctor is, their way of, you know, how, how they work and whatnot. And I asked him so many questions like, how much do you earn? And he told me, and I was like, at the end of it, I said, nah, this is not for me. So I was like, you know what, because... So then I was like, you know what, let me pick dentistry. And then after that, I was like, you know what, I don't have any dental work experience. So I, 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 I don't, I've done some work experience in a dentist. And I was like, this is so much better. Like, it's literally for, because a doctor, you need to go to five years of uh, medical school. And then after that, you can become a GP. But to become a GP, a general practitioner, you need two years mm-hmm. of training. So, but GPs don't really earn that much unless they're like 35. So if you want to specialize and become something like a neurosurgeon, you need to have on top of those, on top of that five years and two years. So on top of that seven years, you need another seven years of studying to become a surgeon. 
So for me, I was like, that's insane. Like, so you're telling me I'm only going to start working when I'm 35? I'm only going to start making that 60K a year when I'm 35? So at the time, I was like, you know what? Nah, this is not for me. And then I found dentist. I mean, yes. And then I was I looked in more into dentistry and it was so much better. It's like, mm. you technically learn the same stuff in those five years and straight after uni you can make a shit ton of money and I was like yeah let's go and it's so much more in terms it's so much better in terms of your work-life balance as well doctors work all all day every day you know and it's a very stressful job at the dentist you don't you don't even need to work every day like you choose how many days a week you you work um you know even the hours that you do work is not very it's not super stressful like so I was like you know what this is so much better there's so much more money your work-life balance is way better so I just chose dentistry and yeah what does uh can you define what a shit ton means oh right right so as, as a dentist um what you, you do you want to know how much a shit ton of money is or the actual definition of shit ton um both because I think that's interesting uh country to country what people consider uh a little or what people consider a lot yeah yeah so um a shit ton of money and i mean as a dentist is like i mean when, when i mean a shit ton of money is, is relative to a doctor so a doctor mm-hmm. when he's like uh straight out of uni so how old would he be like 24 25 years old he'll be earning maybe 30k straight off the bat you know and that that is like i'm reaching there you know you you're lucky if you're making 30k most people make like 20 25k but as a dentist you can be making like 40k 50k and after a year as a dentist two years i know one guy literally two or three years out of uni he's making 100k a year and that is normal in, in in dentistry but a doctor you have to go through so much training you'll be stuck on the same pay for years until you actually get that little piece of uh, certificate that says oh you're um specialized in whatever field so yeah i mean to answer the question a shit ton of money as a dentist i mean you can be like three four years out of uni you can be making 100k easily and um i know some especially if you get into i mean now you know diving more into detail but if you get into um uh rest um restoration dentistry you can be making a lot that that is like you can be making a shit ton of money there you can be making millions let alone like six figures yeah so, and um, that is kind of what attracted me you know so after uh kind of leaving the environment that you grew up in in terms of like what options were out there um and now being on twitter like like Mm -hmm. seeing more of what's out there um do you can still consider like that income to be a lot to you like what does that change like what you believe is your, your scale of what is possible um yeah definitely yeah i mean Oof. I mean, when, when, when I first started, I remember like I had a goal, literally, I don't remember what, when, when I made the goal, I think it was, I think it was in 2021, like, so mm-hmm. this is quite recent, but just to go even further back, when I first started, like, um, before, I think after I'd done my first project, I was like, okay, cool, now I kind of know how much money I can make, uh, my goal was to just make 2k a month consistently. And I thought that was like wild. I thought mm, that is sick, like 2K, 2,000 pounds a month. I, so I was like, you know, 
you know, but now, like, <laughs> now that I've surpassed that, like, you know, n- uh, now I look at that, I'm like, what, what was I thinking? <laughs> it's like, and I remember just to kind of, you know, take a whole new uh, viewpoint at this is like, you know, for, forget like how much money you make in a month. Like I, I, I was thinking if I get, you know, four or like 2000 pound projects a month, I'm good. And, you know, so that was my thinking, like a thousand pounds for one project is crazy. So in my mind, I was like, you know, um, a thousand pounds was crazy to me. But then afterwards, I, I, I uh, you know, got more into, into workflow. I started to realize my value. I started to realize how, you know, the work and value I provide. I'm like, what? Like I can be charging, you know, I mean, I think my, my minimum engagement rate right now is two thousand pounds. Like, I won't, I won't speak with you unless you have like two thousand pounds, you know. So I was like, and back then, you know, it's crazy to think I was, I, I was thinking to myself, oh, I, I want to make only two thousand pounds a month, let alone per project. So I was like, yeah, it's crazy to see how your kind of perception of how much money you can make increases over time, and the reason for that is because the value that you see in yourself increases over time. Mm-hmm. um so and it's also to do with like other people as well like you see other people making so much more money you're like what why can't I do that and again it all it all goes back to you know seeing value inside of yourself and I think that's the main reason why your kind of goals increase in terms of you know your your, your uh, monetary goals increases all the time um I had a conversation with someone a couple months ago and mm-hmm. I I feel like I I like said the wrong thing and I've honestly mm. been thinking about the comment that I made like every day since I'm like one of those people that I say something cringy and like oh my god and we, we were talking about money and I felt like I came off with the wrong impression so maybe this mm. will fix it um mm. but uh, I remember uh I was in a point in my life where I went from like uh nothing like doing people's laundry to make money like nannying like all of that kind of stuff um to learning a skill like you and and ma- making money off of ux and and webflow mm-hmm. and um i remember telling her it's so stupid i remember telling her money's like the best thing ever <laughs> i was like it's the coolest thing like um i i'm so proud of myself like I, and it was such a dumb thing to say but like what i was trying to communicate is like um the the fact that i can put a lot of time and effort into something mm-hmm, work mm-hmm. really hard and then keep that and then the thing that i get out of it makes me more secure makes me more independent doesn't let me depend on anybody else and i feel like it improves your relationships with people because you're not dependent on them mm-hmm. you're not um it's not a conditional thing that like you need them or things like that and uh yeah. I was just wondering um, your relationship with with finances. Some people they see money and and they've even told me directly like I just don't like it. I think it's like really slimy. It's really icky. I don't have good feelings about it. I feel like other people have um, more opportunity and things like that, and I'll never be able to get there. And I I just look at it like this amazing opportunity to make me more independent. So mm-hmm. when you when you hear about what I I said like. What comes to mind for you? So, I think money. I, I personally, for me, money 
is is amazing like i mean i don't want to sound egotistical and like big-headed and you know what i mean so um but for me i don't i don't think money i think right i don't know why nowadays money is associated with evil when to be honest is not like i think a lot i think money has such a bad rep in today's society that like if, if you see a person who has money like automatically you just think negative like mm. but and whenever you see a person chase money you think they're a bad person and i've noticed that a lot um in in in, in um, london and especially in um, people from my background and i think i think that's complete rubbish like it's not bad to chase money money is not a bad thing money as you said will provide you independence and to be honest your goal for for getting money may be independence for another person it may be something else right so and whoever is whoever chases money if you don't chase money i respect you if you chase money i respect you it makes no difference to me so for me technically you can say like money really doesn't it doesn't change me but for people that kind of have this negative connotation with money it does change them because why are you kind of changing your 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 attitudes to a certain person just based on their money mm. you know for i mean and, and it's kind of ironic that people think that oh money makes you a bad person when you know if if if, if they see money in a, um if, if they you know see a person who's chasing money and they see a person who's not chasing money they respect the person who's not chasing money more mm-hmm. and then they think that the person with money you know they, they 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 throw bad things you know about them like oh he's evil he's he's arrogant he just wants money he's chasing money this and that but then i i ask i think to myself like if money is that insignificant in in your mind why do you care if a person chases the money or not mm. you know what i mean so for me it's like yes money money has value in my eyes but it doesn't change who i am as a person yes it does help with certain situations you know um my so it does help in in certain situations and for me specifically it helps me my family it helps me provide certain stuff it brings more confidence in myself it helps me keep secure you know it, it, it um uh, keeps the light lights on and whatnot so it's like that is the value of money in my eyes and um but at the same time i don't care for it as well like i for, for me it's like if i see a person who has you know, who's who's who just came out of a, a Lambo, and I see a person who just came came out of a, a Fiat. I wouldn't care. Like, mm-hmm. I will still respect them both the same way. But then, if another person who doesn't care about money, you know, um, uh, sees that, they'll probably they'll probably you know throw hate at the guy who's coming out of the Lambo. So mm-hmm. it's so ironic how people, you know, <laughs> it's like people say that you know I'm not going to chase money. I don't like money. But at the same time, they judge other people whether they have money or not so it's, it's so ironic and in my opinion it's, it's, it's kind of um people that do that it's like they kind of um speaking to a mirror like they, they they're kind of um expressing their own insecurities within themselves so um yeah i mean i completely agree with with, with your approach to money as well it's like it it does help a lot but again it's not everything you know what i mean but and especially people coming from a background where you did not have any um much like you said, you said that you came from not, uh, nothing. So I was like, for us, money has so much more value in our eyes than anybody else's. Like, because we see money relative to our starting point. And if our starting point is here, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's uh, the, the value just increases in our eyes. So, and um, yeah, again, like, I, I don't think chasing money is a bad thing. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, 
you shouldn't really judge people based on you know their, their monetary situation i hope that makes sense <laughs> i think that like uh when you see that a lot of times you see people that are like incredibly hard working or they came up with an idea that nobody's ever come up with before and mm -hmm. things like that and um i don't know i think it's very strange to it's kind of like um uh there's this uh phrase that once i learned it i felt like i became a better person a little bit um than i was uh and and the phrase is um more for others does not mean less for me mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's this concept that like you can work hard and kind of like make something out of nothing and, and that doesn't mean that you're taking things away from other people it's a little bit of like the crabs in the bucket situation <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah um what was that quote again more for others more for others does not mean less for me. Mm. More for others does not mean like less. More, oh, right, I see, I see. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. more for you, you you having more success does not mean mm -hmm. less success for me. Yeah, and exactly, yeah. Very hard to get out of that mindset. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I think it is like, I mean, do, do, um, do you mean like... Um, the the scarcity mindset it's like you know is, is that we're talking about yeah right right so i think i mean i think i had that kind of feeling as well at some point in in my career career but it's like, <laughs> it's like um uh i think just to relay that to you know the industry that we're part of a lot of people think that you know there's not enough clients out there like why am i not getting clients like you know so the number one question that I get asked all the time is, how do you find clients? How do you find clients? And it's like, it's crazy because a lot of people, they should have that abundance mindset, but a lot of people have the scarcity mindset. They say, oh, just because no one's coming to me, it means that there's no clients out there. I'm not going to bother trying, etc." But I think having the abundance mindset really kind of, um, it helps a lot. It's like, you, just be, just having the knowledge that you know there's infinite amounts of clients out there that need your help is uh, yeah that need your help it just kind of puts you at ease and it kind of makes you focus on the right things and I think that's what helped with me uh, that alongside a lot of other things like um you know having value in yourself knowing that you know you don't have to say yes to every client having the power of no all of that stuff so yeah, I mean, the, the having a mindset of scarcity is, is a dangerous thing. I think uh, every freelancer should understand that there's an infinite number of clients out there that will need your help and they will always need your help. So. When, when you kind of uh, take a moment to evaluate where you are right now and like really be in the present, um, uh, you were saying that there was a time period where you were feeling kind of lost and unsure about what was going on. Um, do you feel, I guess there's so much more to your life and career from mm -hmm. here, but mm -hmm. how much better do you feel than you did then? Oof, uh, <laughs> impersonal, but yeah, I, I love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite hard to kind of, I think, I think right now, um, it's more of a thing where 
I've recently understood this and it's like, there's not going to be one point in your life where you're happy. I've stopped chasing happiness. Mm. Um, I, I, I kind of half believe that happiness don't really exist because happiness is kind of like having fun, right? It's like, you know, you're happy. You can be happy in a moment, but I, okay, just to reword it, I believe that happiness, um, you cannot be happy forever. Mm. You know, there's always, you're always going to have, you know, dips and ups and dips and ups, you know what I mean? So I've stopped chasing that because sometimes you cannot, you know, I think, I think I've, I've started to chase more contentment and being comfortable. No, no, sorry, not being comfortable, being content with whatever situation I face. Uh, I mean, because that have, um, be, um, being um, uh, in, in being content in any situation means that no matter if you're happy, like if you're content, you won't get lost in the source. Mm. But if you're sad and down and you're content, you won't get put down by the down, if that makes sense. So I've, I've, started, to ch- I've started to chase content more than happiness and whatever because you know we all know that sometimes life you know if it throws things at you that is unexpected mm-hmm. and is out of your control and um, that kind of makes you know it makes you sad or it, it, it could make you happy so it's like sometimes you know to an extent sometimes our happiness is not really in our control well technically you can say it is because it's, it's how, how we react to a certain situation so um I think in, 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 in this point in my life, that is one thing I realized. Um, and um, yeah, and I think I would say, um, just, just to, uh, because I remember uh, you mentioned that, um, you know, I used to say that I was lost and whatnot, which is, it is true. But at the same time, I think, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm lost right now. Uh, I, I would say I'm, I'm I would say I'm, I'm content right now you know obviously there's, there's certain situations where it's like you know I'm happy but there's certain situations where I'm like I'm not so happy but that that's completely fine I'm content with whatever I have now and um, I think just um, you know in, in in terms of how I'm moving forward and my, my mindset moving forward is like okay you know just don't get too strong up with the highs and don't get too strong down with the lows that is what I think and um, I really celebrate anything and at the same really? time, I really get put down by anything. Yeah, so it's like, just be content with where, where you are now, be logical, and um, just do what you got to do to move forward. And it's very simple steps. You know, bang up projects after projects, improve your portfolio. You know, we all know that, so. Um, and, but at the same time, um, I am a firm believer in that nobody knows what they're doing. Like, for me, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying my best, but... <laughs> I don't know why I'm being like, let's be real, like, let's just be real for a second. It's like, I don't think anyone knows. What, I mean, we can say, you know, what we're thinking, but I, I think that, you know, none of us really know what we're doing, to be honest. I mean, I think the older you get, the more you realize. I mean, I'm no one to speak, like, I'm 20, but it's like, the older you get, it's like, the more you, the more you realize what you do not know. And it's like, that kind of makes you feel like, oh, I don't know anything. So, yeah, I feel like, I don't know anything. I'm just doing whatever I think is right, and you know, just just moving forward. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's very boring and like, you know. But I th- I think I think that, but yeah, that's just my approach. So it's uh when you were saying that it, it kind of reminded me of um uh like the the, the ocean and how mm. 
you can't always be high tide. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you can enjoy it when it's high tide, but it's always things are always going to go back and forth. And mm -hmm. um, it it sounds really interesting that like um, uh, it seems like maturing for you is uh, realizing that kind of living in between the high highs and the low lows is a much more sustainable place to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a very, very risk adverse type of person. So, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather just be in the middle and this is definitely good. Yeah. I mean, I think another thing as well to relate it back to, you know, um, how industry is like when I was first starting out, um, well, when I meant lost or, you know, when I meant down, I was down, whatnot, it's like, I let my situation control how I was feeling. So I was like, mm. let's say I get rejected by a client, which I've done many, many times in the past. It's like, I let that control, you know, how I feel, you know, mm -hmm. I, my reaction to that was, you know, oh, like, wow, why is it kind of rejecting me? But then as soon as I just changed my reaction to it, everything, every, uh, everything changed. And I think it goes back to the point, I believe I did mention earlier, it's like, you know, your emotions is all based on how you react to certain situations. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, and, and I think right now I've decided to just limit my reactions and just like be very logical with it. So if a client doesn't reject me, I just move on and be like, okay, yeah, the client rejected me. There's certain things I did wrong. I mean, I have a whole notion where every client call I track and I track all the goods and all the bads. And the majority really? of the time, the good there's a couple of items but then the bad is a lot of items even if I close the client so for me I'm very very like strict on myself and uh, I'm 100% honest with myself and um, I'm, I'm very critical of myself and uh, if, a, if a situation comes where you know just an example a client rejects me I always um, try to pinpoint what went wrong and I improved the next time and as soon as I started doing that everything's been growing and I'm going to continue doing that so yeah I mean it's, it's, it's all based on how you uh, react to certain situations and, and the same can you know I think I mentioned this a couple of times where I don't want to get too strong up in the highs mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people when they hit a certain milestone you know they start getting too big for their boots and start thinking this that and they be unrealistic and you know that's when the arrogance comes in and whatnot and um, I've just as I said like I've been very critical of myself you know I'm very logical and straight up on it so even if I do hit a milestone I say, okay, well done, but let's move on. Like, you know what I mean? Like you still got a long way to go. Job's not finished. So it's like, yeah, I think, yeah. I don't know if this makes sense. Again, as I said, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just trying my best here, so. That that attitude of um, uh, trying to stay uh, as stable as possible when it comes to you and reacting to your situation and things like that. Um, did somebody teach you that? Did you learn that from somewhere? To be honest, no. <laughs> um, uh, nah, I mean, no, no, no. I, I, th I think for, no, I, I have, I wouldn't say that I've never got taught anything in my life. I have many times in like more of the technical side of things. So like strategy and whatnot, but in terms of like life and all this stuff, <laughs> I've, I don't think I've, yeah, I haven't really learned it from anyone else. It's more of like, um, I mean, yes, you hear like certain things in podcasts and books and whatnot, yeah. but I think especially in life, like 
you know, how you, your mindset and the way you go about life, it cannot be taught. It has mm. to be experienced. And um, yeah, I think why I have this mindset is just based on my experience mm-hmm. and based on, you know, there's no one better in the world that knows myself than myself. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I've experienced what I've experienced, you know, I know myself, that formula kind of, you know, uh, makes me, um, uh, you know, change my ways for the better, if that makes sense. It's like, yeah, so it's, it's just basically my experience and that coupled with me knowing myself better, I kind of say, okay, to myself, okay, this situation happened, this is what you experienced, I know that you're the type of person to do this, therefore do this to improve. And yeah, that's that's kind of, I mean, that's basically a long-winded way of saying, yeah, I mean, I just learned from experience, basically. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing if you, you try different attempts of like, oh, well, I'm going to get super emotionally involved in this. Oh, this doesn't feel good. Wait, what happens if, I, if I'm even keeled? This feels better. I think I'm going to do yeah. that kind of like the experience that you had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like... <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I mean, yeah, it is trial and error and whatnot. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, I think, yeah, I mean, I think staying in, in the middle and just being like neutral in everything, like you can't say no to that, right? It's like, um, you know, so yeah, I mean, again, as I said, I'm very risk adverse. So I just, just, you know, rather not do anything too extravagant or, you know, whatever. Um, I just approach life the way I approach life, like just neutral. And I think, yeah, um, I think it's, it's worked for me and, and I think it is going to work for me for a long time. I might be wrong again. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, everything about how you approach life and the mindset you have is like, it's so hard to answer because there's no one answer, which is why, like, which is why I say that we, you know, I think everyone here, we don't really know anything because, yeah, we're, we're, we're just doing what we feel is right right now. But really and truly, we don't really know what we're doing. So It's hard to know what you're doing when the world is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you, it's, it's like um, the only way to know what you're doing is just to um, be open to learn new things and yeah. adapt. Like, the ability to adapt is knowing what you're doing. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Is, yeah, I 100% agree. It's like environment plays a huge role. Like, the, you know, um, I think another thing as well is like, um, just, I mean, based on the fact that we do not know what we don't know. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So it's like, based on that fact alone, it's like, how can you assume that what you're doing right now is right? You know? Yeah. I think that is just my philosophy. And it's like, you know, just based on that fact, it's like, just be neutral and just move forward. Like, don't really, you know, I, you know, I said this many times, don't really get too strong of your <laughs> You know, whatever, so. Um, oh, I, was, I had something to do with that. Um, oh, it's gone. Sometimes the, <laughs> the thoughts are just gone. Um, yeah, uh, but something I did want to ask you, um, and this might be a little too personal, but um, I remember you telling me that, like, um, uh, growing up uh where the neighborhood and the people were kind of rough um did that uh teach you or did you get exposure in how people dealt with hardship 
or bad news or and might be a weird question but Mm -hmm. were you exposed to how people responded to things and watch people respond to things that they didn't like or were yeah great yeah i think um you're asking some really hard questions there (laughs) i mean yeah so i think how in the environment I grew up in, I mean, I'm I'm making it seem like I came from like dystopia, <laughs> but I promise it's not. But it's like I think the majority of people there. I mean, I can't be the judge. You know, everyone's different person to person. But you know, in general, you know, just to generalize, the people didn't really have the smart, the smartest approach in the world when it came mm. when it came to the hardship. Um, I think a lot of people just to give an example let's say you know person x his person um i don't know his bike got stolen you know for example in that area people just know oh he's he's just gonna find a person and you know you know just beat him up or like you know is it most people had the reaction of violence there <laughs> which is very weird but um i think how I kind of use that, I never really agreed with it. I'm a, I would like to say I'm a logical person. So how I kind of approach hardship is mostly like, okay, here's the situation. How can you solve it? Now go solve it. You know, mm-hmm. um, my mom would say that I'm an I'm an emotional person, <laughs> which she probably is right. But at the same time, I try to kind of block that out and just be completely logical when it comes to certain stuff. But at the same time. There's certain situations where you cannot use logic. You know, some situations this is completely out of your control and you just have to have faith that it will get better or whatever. I mean, whatever you whether that you you say that is God or some people say the universe, you know, whatever you want, right? Whatever works for you. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, for me, hardships that I, that are in my control that I can change, I change. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I I get down to my night, you know, get my hands dirty and uh, try to solve the situation. But in certain mm-hmm. hardships, when you know there's a lot of things that are not in your control, you know, you just have to have faith and uh, just you know ride it out until it gets better. To be honest, but yeah, I think at every hardship there is one thing that you can control, and you should put all the energy in focusing on what you can control, and then things you can't control, just let it be, and be content with it. I remember I had had this shift in my life uh, between um, feeling like I needed other people to do things for me, kind of mm-hmm. like a kid, like you're depending on your, your family or you're fa- depending on people around you, your friends, people older than you. And um, I remember I had this shift of going from that mm-hmm. to going to, oh, I can take care of myself. I can <laughs> fix these problems myself. I don't... Uh, Maybe there's some situations where nobody's coming to get you out of bed. Nobody's coming to mm-hmm. get you to do this deadline. Like you got to do this. And I think ever since that, um, I've I've felt just like I think the words are just so much more content because you do mm-hmm. have the high highs where you get a contract sign, like the mm-hmm. docu sign comes back positive <laughs> and mm-hmm. things like that. But um, I don't know. I I think. Yeah, I think the word content is more because I'm even like one of those people too. like um, 
somebody says like oh this project i'd really like you to work on it and then you mm -hmm. go I don't think this is real until I get the first deposit. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like you, yeah. you kind of like preserve yourself a little bit more to prevent yourself from getting disappointed. So like, mm -hmm. maybe they want to work with me. Cool. I'll keep talking to them until this yeah. either happens or doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just to your point where you mentioned um, how, you know, you can take care of yourself and you're not dependent on people. <laughs> I think, the point where I realized realized that, and I think the point where a lot of people like yourself will also realize that is, um, you know, just to give an example, you know, everyone, you know, uh, growing up, how, you know, we grew up is our parents, you know, done everything for us. And I think once you get older and you get to a certain point in your life where you've had enough experience to kind of realize this, for me, it was like 18, 19, whatever. There comes to a point where you realize, you know, everyone, when you're a child, you think your parents are superheroes. You know, you, you think they'll do every, anything for you. They can do anything, you know. But then um, when you come to a certain point in your life, you realize that they're just humans like yourself. And, like, they're just ordinary people. Um, by no way, uh, like, in, by no means am I saying that my respect for them, are, you know, has decreased. It's still the same. I still value them. I still love them, whatnot. But at the same time, you realize that they're just humans like yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, whatever, you know, they're going to experience the same hardships. They're going to react the same way. They get up the same way in the morning. And the same can be extrapolated to every other person in the world. So a lot of people, they look up to people and have certain role models. For me, I don't really have a role model. Like, I don't believe that really kind of, I mean, you can look up to people and be influenced in certain ways and kind of enjoy, like, have uh, um, really... Um, be in line with the, their viewpoint in life and you know have the things that they want and whatnot but at the same time you realize that you know your heroes growing up whether you know just an example for me Conor McGregor right like I'm, I'm a big UFC fan I think he's cool <laughs> whatnot um, for me it's like for me to get to his level of success you know I think a lot of people think oh he's, he's insane he's, he's, a, he's a celebrity he's, he's done he got lucky, you know, mm. people, people kind of, I don't know why, but people, unless it's not in front of them, they don't believe it can happen. But for me, it's like Conor McGregor, he's just a normal human being. Like he gets up in bed in the morning. The first thing he does, he takes a shit. He brushes his teeth, <laughs> you know, it's like, he does the exact same things as me. He's a normal human being. Like, you know, he, you know, he, he wears his trousers the same way as I do. So it's like, for me, it's like, everyone is on the same playing level like everyone's on this um you know everyone's on the same level there's no you know a person's not here you know i believe that i'm on the same level as mcgregor in terms of like whatever you know he might have more money than me he might have more success than me we're both on the same level right so it's like I, I i yeah i think i think realizing that kind of um makes me realize oh like i can do anything and like whether you know uh, I can provide for myself. I can achieve my goals and whatnot. I think I think that's very motivating and inspiring. But it, it's it's not for me. It's it's more of like a logical inspiration. It's like, yeah, like why can't I do it? And I've always asked myself that ever since I was growing up. It's like, yeah, but why can't I be the person that's sitting on the table with Elon Musk, um, Bill Gates, all of them people? That why can't I be that person? Yeah. They they wake up the they do the they human they do the same thing as I do. 
why can't I do that? Like, why can't I achieve the level they have? Yes, they might have some unfair advantages, some luck, but at the same time, it's like, why can't I reach that level of success in another way? You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think just realizing that um, makes you grow up technically. So, <laughs> when you were saying things like like luck, um, like mm-hmm. it's when people are like, oh, Conor McGregor is there because of luck. <laughs> I'd say a couple of broken bones and and heavy bruises are like evidence that I don't think that I would be a lucky person for you to like Mm -hmm. break your nose on a regular basis for Mm -hmm. years. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but by luck, it's 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 more like how do I put this into words? As you can tell, I'm not really good with words, but (laughs) by luck, I mean. maybe McGregor he had like certain like he 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 got lucky by you know signing a contract with the UFC he mm-hmm. got lucky by living in an era where UFC was just coming up stuff like that right but again that is just something that's not a new control and he never knew he was lucky in that moment until after and I think that's what everyone needs to realize like he never knew he was lucky he was in the same situation as you he thought that nothing was going well for him he thought that he wasn't going to make it anywhere and look what happened and only afterwards he realized he was lucky so and I can experience the same thing with, within myself. It's like I thought. So after lockdown, I was like, "Oh shit, man! I'm in lockdown. My exams are cancelled. I got nothing to do. This is the worst time possible. I'm so unlucky." Mm-hmm. And then after lockdown, I realized I was lucky that I had lockdown because if it wasn't for lockdown, I wouldn't have found myself. I wouldn't have found webs. Uh, you know, Webflow. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have started Pristine Digital. I wouldn't have. You know, made. You know, I, I I wouldn't have, you know, gone down this avenue and this route. So now I look back and think I'm lucky, you know, but in this situation, I thought I was unlucky, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, by luck, I mean, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's quite hard to put your finger on, on, on what is luck or not. It's very subjective. But, yeah, I mean, everyone gets lucky in, 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 um, in, in their life. It's just about when and you can never predict it. So. When you when you think about uh, the point from when you first started to where you are now, I know there's still again so much more to your career from here. <laughs> like you're 20, I'm 23. We're both like yeah. beginning. <laughs> but um, uh, when you look back and and how much do you think you can attribute it to luck, and how much do you think you can attribute it to Oof. really? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I can't put a figure on that. Like, uh, I, can't, I can't put a figure on that. To be honest, but I would say it was definitely a mixture of both. But I don't, I don't know the ratio. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was definitely a mixture of both. I mean, I know that I was lucky in a sense where, like, you know, lockdown came just at the right at the right time. Which is, I apologize. I, I know a lot of people hated lockdown, but um, for me, it came in just in time. Another thing that I was lucky in was that. I actually, well, I didn't fail, but um, I took a gap year because I missed out on my first choice of uni. So I got three A's, but I needed and I needed an A star AA, but I got three A's. So I got rejected from my uni. So that made me take a gap year and do and study for another subject. I got the A star on that, and then I went to my uni. So um, it, and I thought I was unlucky in that moment, but now I'm looking back, I was lucky in that situation because. If it wasn't for that gap year, you know, I wouldn't have started, you know, this whole thing, right? 
And if if um, if I did get that A star and I did get into my uni, I wouldn't have taken a gap year. I would have just been a uni student and I would never have started this, which is so crazy to think. So now looking back, I was lucky at that time. So, I mean, yeah, to answer your question, I think a lot of it is based on luck, but at the same time, a lot of it is based on, you know, the work that I put in and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it's, it's very hard to put a figure. <laughs> I, I don't really know the ratio. But yeah, it was definitely a mix of both. And um, yeah, I'm going to get more lucky and luckier as I progress, you know, looking back. I mean, there's certain situations where right now I think I'm unlucky, but in the future, I might, I might look back and say I was lucky, you know, so mm -hmm. yeah. It's, it's very hard to predict. Luck is like, um, when I think of that in, in relation to what you do, I'm guessing it's um, situational like mm -hmm. uh whether you um uh have outside influence or you can think clearly on your own and mm -hmm. then also it's like um sometimes it's people choosing you mm -hmm. um whether choosing to mentor you or choosing to work with you and things like that um and uh like when i think about my own life um uh it's it's crazy the the people that that like give you a chance and and uh like open the door a little bit and they're like okay you can interview okay mm -hmm. you can have another interview <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> things like that um i think it's it's really crazy uh how um sometimes when when you make a show or or the podcast or something like that or um uh, do stuff on your own and kind of like put that out there it's interesting the kind of response you get back because sometimes mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I know that firsthand. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I mean, I'm, I don't know if you know, but TalkFlow has been, which is my podcast, um, I've been posted in like a month, which is crazy. I mean, it's so stupid. I'm so, like, I've got a video lined up, but I just haven't uploaded it. So I need to upload it. <laughs> I've been holding back for like two weeks. I've just been super stacked with clients, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know, I, yeah, it's like no one really knows what's going to happen when we do certain stuff, you know, like uh, um, I cannot predict what's going to happen. Like, you know, I can send as many outreach messages, I can get as many leads as possible. I don't know if, if, mm -hmm. if I'm going to close them. So is that luck? Yeah, I mean, or, or is that the work that you put in? Again, it's just a mixture of both, so. Yeah. And in terms of like um, your journey and everything like that, mm -hmm. I do want to talk about um, your uh, your talk flow buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I because I, it's um uh, we talked about uh, you individually, but I think it's also cool to talk about the people that are involved in the day to day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Vim, what a guy, man. <laughs> I mean, so how I actually. Just to give a bit of backstory of how we met. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like a love story already, but which is <laughs> the exact opposite of what I wanted. Uh, <laughs> Vim, how we met was, I think I've seen, I was, he was like the first UK webflow that I've, I saw on LinkedIn. So I started LinkedIn around, I think it was, I don't even remember, I was getting my timeline, timelines mixed up, but I think it was last year. Um, yeah, yeah. So last year, April, that is when I hopped onto LinkedIn, I believe. I might be wrong, but I think around that time. Mm -hmm. And um, when I 
hopped onto it. The first person that I saw that was a web, web flower from the UK was Vim. And I started following him. I started seeing he was doing some cool shit. I was like, yeah, this guy seems cool. And um, I don't remember how I reached out to him. I think, I think he reached out to me because he needed help in a project. And I was like, yeah, let's go. And we hopped on a call. He, he talked me through the project. And I said, yeah, let's go. And then eventually we didn't end up doing it because I think I think the client dished him or whatnot. Mm. Um, and then I think we hopped on another call. I'm not really too sure why. Don't really know. Why. Oh, I think I needed his. Uh, I needed to ask him a question about Webflow, and I just hopped on a call with him and asked him the question. And then I think after that we just started speaking. We're like, you know what? Like, let, let, let's start a podcast and stuff like that. We're like, <laughs> yeah, let's go. And then we started speaking on LinkedIn. Like, yeah, let's start a podcast. You know, we got each other's Slack, and then we, we were talking on Slack for so long. And then, to be honest, actually, it didn't start off like that. We actually got in touch because we're like, you know what, we're both from the UK. Like, I remember I was the person that was approaching him because I wanted to network with other people from the UK. So yeah. I was like, you know what, let me let me reach out to him. Be like, yo, like, um, you know, I used to send that cringy message like, um, hey, I know you're from London. Like, oh. <laughs> like network whatever like you know what I mean so I used to message him that and then I remember he didn't respond to me for like a day or two I was like what this guy must be like on a different level <laughs> but then I think he eventually responded and um yeah we just kept in touch on LinkedIn you know we started a Slack we started speaking every day on Slack and then every week we used to hop on calls and just speak about Webflow and it was so sick like just to speak to another person about Webflow he's from the UK he does the exact same stuff I do he's from London and he's like very young like myself and it's so cool to like speak to another person like talk about the same problems because it's like when I used to talk to um because before Vim I never used to talk to anyone because I, I couldn't right I was I wasn't mm. in uni at that time <laughs> it was locked down so I didn't really have like I didn't couldn't really speak to friends and again that whole situation where I was kind of afraid to tell my friends at the time and my family I used to tell my family but they never really understood <laughs> I, I couldn't go to them and be like oh man I'm really stuck on this like uh, um, flex horizontal issue man like, it's so hard. like you know what I mean so I couldn't really speak to them about it or I couldn't really speak to them about oh man this client is really annoying me you know he's telling me to make these changes I was like so I couldn't really speak to them about that because they didn't really understand but then as soon as I found Vim and I like uh, and uh, when I spoke to him and he understood everything it was like crazy and it really helped me he helped me in, a lot in like Webflow and business and I would like to say that I helped him as well um so we both just helped each other and we both you know you know became really good friends and uh then we eventually were like you know what we're hoping on a call every week why don't we just record our calls and make a podcast and I was like yeah so, sounds good and then I think I think he told me that he was actually on the toilet when he was thinking about that idea about starting a podcast <laughs> and he messaged me he was like yo but I'm on the toilet right now let's all I'm like, yeah cool let's go so I'll literally in two days in two days I created a logo I created like you know I think he created the channel final software just went see just you know we just started and uh yeah <laughs> the rest of history <laughs> that uh w- when you make a friend that um knows what you do for a living and uh you have that kind of connection I feel like it's it's a lot easier to start up the friendship what do you think mm-hmm. about that <laughs> Yeah, because you have something in common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Um, again, like it was so cool just to speak to someone like that was just in the in the industry. And like after that, I met so many other people. So the person I share my office with, 
Um, his name is Marco, and um, we actually met because we were working on the same project. So the Webflow project, we were working on the same project, and um, uh, we had to communicate obviously like to get the project done. And um, he liked my work, you know, and um, he liked my vibe. We were both from London. We're like cool. And we kept in touch, and um, he actually uh, hired me for another project that he had. So he designed it. I developed it. And then he really liked how the way I worked, like my skills and whatnot. And then I think a couple months after, so last year in November, he gave me a ring or he messaged me. He was like, yo, like I've got, I've got this office space. Um, just wondering, you know, if, if, if you can, just, you know, uh, come in and like, we can, you know, share the office space and we can collab and just, you know, wow. yeah, just, just work together. Like, but obviously we have a different agencies. But he was like, yeah, let's let just work. Like, we can be in the same office, just bouncing back at each other and whatnot. I was like, yeah, cool. And yeah, now I'm here. I've been here since November. So, <laughs> uh, and that was the first time I actually met up with a, a Webflow person in real life, which was insane. It's like, yeah, and it is so cool, man. Like, just, just to meet people part of Webflow and uh, like people that do the exact same thing as you do. Like, uh, I mean, sometimes I just like asking him a question. And he doesn't. He's right there. I just answer back. I don't have to go on Slack or whatever. So it's so cool. Yeah, it's, it's 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 beautiful when like you meet people from work. You can find him uh, uh, without having to go through his calendly. You can yeah, just knock exactly. on the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Normally, you message him saying, "Oh, so are you are you available on Tuesday at one p.m.?" So then you go back and forth. But he's right here, so it's cool. <laughs> when uh, when you think about where you are now and mm -hmm. there's so much uh left in your time <laughs> mm -hmm. do you ever think about things that you might want to do or things that you're really excited about in the future Oof. um i think in the future i mean i'm excited to do some more bigger and cooler projects to be honest like that is one thing i'm excited about um another thing i'm excited about is I got my new portfolio website coming soon. Ooh. So I designed it just on the way of developing it. And I'm excited for that to launch. That's like the near future. And then another thing that's in the near future is me hiring a team. So I've got like around three people right now. Um, you know, I've got my friend into it. who's you know, I also give up, you know, projects to. Um, I'm trying to hire more people as well. So I'm really excited for that, you know, to have an actual team, proper team, um, you know, grow the team, make it bigger. That's what I'm excited about. I'm trying to aim for like five, you know, a team of five or six. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that. And in terms of like the future, future, um, I'm really excited to kind of take my time away from doing client projects and kind of just managing the team. But at the same time, I'm, I'm another reason that I'm excited to take my hands off client projects is because I'm excited to pursue more like the content side of things. I like create videos, create my own YouTube channel, push out more talk club videos, interview a lot more people, get involved with the community. And I think eventually launching like a proper course in Webflow, not also not only the technical side of things, but also the whole business side of Webflow. And like making a course on that, building a community, obviously making money from that as well. And yeah, I'm just super excited for that. Like I think I don't think there's anything out there that teaches people um the business side of Webflow and stuff like that. So I'm really, I'm really excited for that. Can't wait to, you know, start, you know, selling or even maybe giving away for free some of the processes that I built over time. 
um, you know, seeing people achieve results. And I think, um, I think there's one more thing I'm excited about. I'm not really, yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think just creating content like, and sorry, just being <laughs> involved in the community and uh, yeah, just doing a lot more things outside of just client projects, you know? So yeah, I'm excited to do a lot of stuff. Like I think if, if I take my, once, once my time goes away from client projects, I'll have a lot more time free to do a lot, a lot of the ideas that I have in my mind right now. And I'm excited for that. You were telling me before that there was a, f a friend of yours um, mm -hmm. that was the clone of you. Uh, is he, is he <laughs> yeah, younger yeah. than you or is he the same age as you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's one year younger than me, but we go okay. to the same uni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we go to the same uni and we're in the same year group. Yeah. But because I took a gap year, I'm one year older than him. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, your interest in, in making a course and... Uh, sharing information with people um did that stem a little bit from you teaching your friend um I've always wanted to make a like a I don't actually really use the word course because it sounds super scammy but um like I, I think another thing that's yeah so but yeah I mean uh, just for the sake of uh, uh making things easier I'll use the word course but um I think I've always I've always wanted to make a course even before I started teaching him but when I started teaching him, the thing that I found out was I saw when he was coming up, like when he was first starting out, now he's like at an intermediate level in terms of workflow. But when he was when he was like a beginner, and like I could I could see that I could see the passion in like uh, I could see that he really has that passion for workflow. And I really saw myself in him. I was like, bro, this is so this is so cool to see. And I remember I was chatting to Vim about it, and I was like, bro, like this is so sick. And and he asked me why, and I told him, I don't know what I think. And I found out the reason why I enjoyed teaching him Webflow is because I kind of missed that fire. Like I kind of missed, because now it's like, <laughs> me and him speak about this all the time. It's like, we're, we're, when you, um, like the other day, I went, there was like this, I had this like graph um, thing, like so, so I had like a graph SVG that it was from one of my client's sites. And um, I could have developed it in Webflow. Right? I could have developed it in Webflow because you had to like, make the graph, the graph bars animated, like you had to move mm -hmm. up as you're scrolling and, scrolling and whatnot. And I could have done that in Webflow. But I was like, you know what? Nah, let me just give it to my Lottie animator. So I gave it to, you know, my Lottie guy and he done it and whatnot. And then I spoke to Vimabai and he was like, bro, like things are just getting boring. Like we know you know everything. <laughs> Uh, we already know that we can do it so what's the point of even doing it but when we were first starting out we didn't know if we could do it or not so it was mm. that challenge that kind of made us get into that flow state of oh yeah i can do this da, 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 da. but now that we are at a point where we kind of know how to do everything it's like what else is there to kind of get excited about and um yeah that is kind of what i was missing and when i saw that in my friend while i was teaching him that excitement that oh and it was something so small like oh like oh I can make this flex and whatnot and it's like just seeing him getting excited over that I was like oh man I remember when I was in that stage and I really reminded myself of me and yeah I found that super cool and yeah definitely that just to answer your question yeah that kind of really was the catalyst of me you know wanting to start this whole course thing and mentoring and I think I might get into coaching as well so yeah I mean yeah that 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 whole experience definitely helped a lot not everybody uh, 
feels that way about other people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's kind of like uh, not a super unique thing, but it's kind of, mm. I would consider it like a personality trait to mm. have the openness to teach other people the patience. Because uh, mm. some people, they're like, I don't want to onboard people. Like, I don't want to uh, teach people, like, here, here's where I learned it. You figure it out on your own. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah the 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 patience and also it, it seems like you you really want to there's mm -hmm. there's courses there's coaching there's all of this kind of stuff obviously there's the financial benefit of doing mm -hmm. that i mean why not yeah but like um uh there's i i feel like for some people no matter how much they could earn from it if they don't have that personality trait they're not going to have mm -hmm. the patience for it and they're yeah. going to go back to mm -hmm doing the thing that they're they're teaching so what do you think about about that <laughs> i think i think I, th I think you're right um i don't think everyone enjoys teaching I, th I think yeah you're right it's like you either enjoy it or you don't um for me i really do enjoy teaching it's like but again some people might not um and i think it's, it's yeah i think again just like seeing myself basically in him is, is so cool to see and I think a lot of some people might you know look at him and be like just ignore it but for me you know um, as my mom would say I'm an emotional person I think because of that it's like I kind of found that super cool and um, yeah I think uh, yeah I, th I think I, I just kind of approach that in a different way than some people do so um, I mean yeah I'm I do agree with your point actually it does take a lot of patience and stuff because I mean I mean j just to kind of clarify and I, I didn't like teach him step by step everything but I of course gave him some resources like why would I spend my time when you can just like go on Weffler University and learn it you know what I mean yeah. but then at the, so I, I showed him Weffler University I like everything but then at the same time I said if you have any questions let me know you know and I would like you know um, call him ask him is everything good or da, da, da. And then he calls me every single day, multiple times a day, asking me questions like, bro, how do I do this? This, 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 this. And I'm, I'm more than happy to answer, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah I'm, but again, some people might just, might hate that. You know, they're like, oh, why do you call me all the time? But for me, I mean, yeah, I, the, the, the value of seeing him grow and whatever is way more valuable than my time, in my opinion. So, um, yeah. You also get another webflow person to hang out with in person. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the that is a plus and uh, another plus. I mean, I'm not doing. I'm being totally honest. Like I'm a, I'm a completely honest person. I'm not. I'm not doing this purely based on altruistic reasons. So yeah. I'm not doing it just because you know it makes me happy and all the passionate and all the all, all of that you know. Yeah. Cringy stuff is 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 also another point where it's like, yes, I also want him to be on my team. I'm like you know given projects so i can make more money like i don't think that's a bad reason like yeah, yeah. Cool. like I, I i have my altruistic reasons but at the same time i also have you know my logical reasons and i don't think there's anything wrong with that so and um uh, the thing that you mentioned before and we'll wrap up soon but mm -hmm. um you talked about growing your team um mm -hmm. and uh it's interesting when, when people get to a certain level, they kind of have to make a decision. Like, am mm. I going to go the agency route or am I going to go the solo route? And so when you got to that kind of 
crossroads. Uh, what was that decision making like? And um, why mm -hmm. why do you want to have a team? Right, I think oh, this is uh, <laughs> I can go down a rabbit hole now <laughs> with this question, but um, I'll keep I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, I mean. One of the reasons why I want to build a team, well, there's, there's a couple, but one of the main reasons is, so just to explain my situation right now. So I'm in uni, as you know, I just finished my first year. I've got another four long years ahead of me. <laughs> so it's like, I have to make sure, and these years are not not easy, right? Is is Dentistry is one of the hardest courses of all time. I do love dentistry, but also love Webflow. And I kind of want to balance the both but I know that is not going to be possible. So it's like, I want to have a team. So it kind of takes my time away from it. And I, I want to come to a point where I'm not dependent on the business making money. It's like, that, that is one of my main reasons. And I, I think my whole uni situation kind of forced me into that. Um, I think even without uni, I would eventually still want to build a team because I eventually want to get my hands away from everything and kind of just like, you know, manage stuff and um, uh, kind of be the beacon rather than like the actual worker, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I've kind of been pressured into doing it quite early. Um, if if I would have my way and not have uni and just have full time over the business, I would wait maybe a couple more months before I start hiring just to save up capital. But I think, yeah, I, th I think um, I kind of have to start hiring. So, you know, I take my hands off everything and you know, I can still be able to make money while I'm in uni and keep the business running, if that makes sense. So, um, and at the same time, as I, uh, the reason why I didn't go the solopreneur route is because I've always wanted to make an, uh, an agency a team. I think it was a lot more cooler, to be honest. And um, I always knew that I, n I was never going to do this all my life. Like, I love it, don't get me wrong, but I don't want to do it all my life. You know, I, I want to kind of take a step back and I really enjoy my, the time that I spend away from Webflow and stuff although I love it um I think uh that was that is my reason why I don't want to become like a solopreneur or a freelancer I kind of want to have a business where it makes me money um through something that I love I'm, I'm passionate about while not really being involved too much into it that is my goal and uh yeah so I didn't, usually I'm really good at, at researching people, but I <laughs> did not understand that you are still in school mm -hmm. and doing, that's insane, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so, so you only realize now that I'm still in school? Yeah, I, for some reason oh, I thought okay. um, uh, you were um, considering school, maybe started it and then moved to a different path. Oh, I didn't realize right, 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 right. they're going simultaneously. Yeah, they they all go simultaneously, <laughs> and um, yeah, is I mean, it's so. Uh, this is another whole different you know, conversation we're gonna have, but yeah, it's, it's 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 a tough one. It's a tough one. It's like the number one question, apart from how do you get clients, the number one, the number one question I get asked the most is how do you balance this? Like, oh, people ask me, well, which one do you want to choose? Like dentistry or mm. and it's like it's so hard like I don't know <laughs> but at the same time actually I do know I lied I do know I want to be a dentist for like one or two days a week maybe three the rest of the day I want to do like workflow stuff 
um, I mean, both of them are too good to let go. Mm-hmm. And I love both of them equally. So it's like, and a lot of people ask me if you had to choose, if you had to choose. And is that choosing between your two children? You can't, right? So it's like, I can't. Um, so yeah, I mean, I do understand it's, it's crazy that I'm balancing the both, but I'm trying my best and um, it's working so far. So yeah. Kudos to you. Quite yeah. a unique person. I <laughs> oh, appreciate that. Appreciate that yeah. we, we just did two hours, by the way. Really? Wow. I mean, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, I mean, we, we, have, we talked about a lot. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. it's it's always crazy um uh I, I'm, I'm i'm always nervous before uh each everything um every single time so like <laughs> one day a week i like <laughs> panic um but it's always you know it's always really fun at the end to be like wow it went by so fast and mm-hmm. i i just met this new person and and i really like them so yeah it, it was really nice meeting you <laughs> likewise likewise i mean i mean i, I love every minute of it man i mean <laughs> We talked about a lot of stuff and um, yeah, it's like, as I said, like I'm always a person interviewing, so being on the other side of the screen is so cool and uh, just, uh, I love podcasts and um, just being involved in it is so cool. I mean, <laughs> I feel important, which is, which is cool as well, but I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't think, uh, you know, there, there's, there's much, you know, importance in what I do. It's, it's quite boring, but it's, it's quite cool to, you know talk about myself so I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if that sounds that i'm big-headed but it's what it's like it's quite cool but yeah i really did enjoy it emily thank you for having me on if if someone's listening to this and mm-hmm. um uh they they disagree with you and they actually think that you're very cool um and they want to reach out <laughs> to you um uh how how would they do that um what are the best uh contacts for you yeah, so whoever's listening to this, if you think I'm cool, I appreciate that firstly. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I do agree that, you know, I'm, I have my feet in a lot of things. But yeah, I mean, if you want to reach out to me, um, you can reach out to me. I'm quite active on everything. To be honest. So LinkedIn, if you just search Chase Ahmed, so that's S-H-A-I-S, Ahmed, A-H-M-A-D, you can find me there. You can go to my website and send you an email if, if that's what you want to do. So pristinedigital.co.uk. You can follow me on Twitter, Chase Ahmed underscore. Um, and yeah, I think those are the three things I'm most active on. Yeah. Perfect. And uh, and I'll make sure that all of that is in the description. And cool. uh, if if anybody wants to hop on the podcast or work on something <laughs> or I don't know, if UK time zone doesn't work for you, uh, mm-hmm. you can always reach out to me, uh, greatdesignlead.com emily at greatdesignlead.com and uh i guess it's just goodbye until next time it was lovely talking to you and this was a great way to start my saturday (laughs) awesome awesome i appreciate i appreciate the time emily and uh, i really did enjoy our conversation